name is not Oswald. It's Penguin. I am not a human being. Hi there, and welcome to Baseball by Design. I am SportsLogos.net minor league baseball correspondent Paul Caputo, broadcasting live, as always, from the Sunday Helmet Hall of Fame in my basement in Fort Collins, Colorado. Today we are going to be talking about the brand new Rome Emperors. Later on in this episode, I'll be speaking with Dan Simon of Studio Simon, who listeners of this podcast know well. Ranger Amy Burnett will be here to talk about Emperor Penguins. And of course, Dan Simon will be back once again later on in the episode with one of his Studio Simon stumpers. Right now, I am so pleased to be joined by the general manager of the Rome Emperors, David Lane. David, good morning. How are you doing? Hey, good morning, Paul. Glad to be here. Thanks a lot. Doing well. This is my first interview of 2024, so I appreciate you uh, hopping on early here. So apropos for this to be the first interview of 2024, because what an exciting new brand for uh, for the new baseball season that's coming up. You all were, of course, the Rome Braves. Now you're the Rome Emperors. I'll just, you know, just sort of very basic, very important question. Are there a lot of penguins in Rome, Georgia? Well, there's not a lot of penguins in Rome, Georgia, <laughs> but, but, you know, there's not any tigers in detroit or or grizzlies <laughs> in memphis so i think that's okay <laughs> there's a there's a really fun connection obviously i think when this brand first came out uh, there was th- there was that that question of penguins emperors rome georgia and then of, of course emperors emperor penguins that was a that's such a fun connection for a minor league team name how did how did it come about that 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 Emperor Penguins entered the conversation for this new team name for for the previously the Rome Braves? Yeah, you know, um, minor league baseball is full of all kinds of quirky, fun names. You know all about it. Um, Rocket City Trash Pandas, Amarillo Sob Poodles, the Woodpeckers, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. So you know, we you know when we were deciding on our new team name, we were inspired by our city's history and connection with ancient Rome, as well as the community. And we wanted our new name to be unique, confident, and regal. And I think we got there with a penguin. I mean, the, you know, <laughs> the logo, he's he's very confident in himself and with his bat on his shoulder and ready to go play baseball. So um, we you know, worked with um, Dan Simon, a lot of the community submissions that we had, and, and you know, fell in love with the penguin, you know, and correlates great with the the emperors and the emperor penguin is is awesome you know on a side note i'd love to see the google analytics the day we uh, <laughs> unveiled this on what an emperor penguin was let's see what that looks like on november the 17th if anybody can pull that data up <laughs> well so november the 17th was when this was unveiled i covered it for sportslogos.net i noticed at the time you know because i i like to go through and sort of check the the social media reactions and I mean, so often with a new minor league team name, especially the, you know, the wackier the name, the more initial negative reaction you're going to get. This was a, a penguin in Georgia. And yet the, the reaction, so far as I could tell, was almost universally positive. Absolutely. Yes. We, um, you know, ran some data analytics that weekend that we unveiled and it was 97% positive at that time. We, we feel confident that it's probably closer to 98 and a half, maybe 99% now. What do you, what do you think the, the the Rome emperors did differently from some of these other teams that unveiled, you know, a, a sort of fun identity and and got a negative reaction? 
And I love that question. Um, I, I think it's um, it has to do with how we rolled things out. Um, it was a brand unveil party. It wasn't this big aha moment that we had at the stadium. It was, you know, where it was structured and scheduled and formal. It was a, hey, here's your new team name. Um, this is welcome to the Rome Emperor's home. And and we invited all the community and all the fans and all the media out and 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 just rolled out the team name. We had you know, all of our great merchandise was here. Our logos were all over the ballpark. And and we had this great video that we rolled out on social. And and I think it, you know, we love it. We're confident in it. He's confident. You know, our penguins <laughs> confident. And maybe that's what translated into um, you know, it being so positive is it's fresh, it's clean. Dan Simon did a great job on making it classy. And and this this guy who who doesn't love penguins? I mean, this guy <laughs> this guy's really confident, looks really wonderful, and and I think that the fans are gonna love um how it looks on the field. Um, they're gobbling up merchandise. I mean, we've sold the to 50 states across you know, the United States already. And I think we sold to Vancouver and some other areas um, outside of, of the United States. So they're, you know, they're, they're falling in love with it. And I think, you know, it just opens up many new doors for us to be able to do more things with the Rome members than we were able, able to do in the past. You, you mentioned the connection of Rome, Georgia to Rome, Italy, I believe you all are are sister cities. I'm curious about that connection, right? Like it's 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 not just the name. There's there's more of a connection between the cities, I believe. Yeah, um, absolutely. There can are. you tell me what that what that connection is? Yeah, it's you know, Rome, Georgia is a city of seven hills, just like Rome, Italy. Um, you know, it's a landscape that's reminiscent of the Italian sister city, um, uh, where you know, we have the well-preserved architecture, seven hills. We got the three rivers that connect here in Rome. We got the aqueducts. There's a bridge of love downtown, just like there's a bridge of love in in Rome, Italy. Um, so all of those connections tie us back to Rome, Italy. So the Rome Braves debuted in 2003. Their branding, uh, you know, the branding for for that team previously, it had the sort of Roman column there. So obviously there was the the connection to Rome. What went into the decision to actually move away from that Rome Braves brand? When we talked about this, we wanted our our city of Rome that's you know so special and you know ties back to historical Rome, Italy. We wanted to have our own unique name, just like all the other minor league baseball or almost all the minor league baseball teams have their own unique name, um, and and we wanted Rome to be that. We wanted us to have our own identity that we could be proud of um you know when you think about when when fans say the Braves won last night then your mind immediately goes to Atlanta you don't go to Rome Georgia mm-hmm. and and we wanted to be different than that and now when the Rome emperors win you, or you can just say the emperors when the emperors won last night uh you know who who we are you go straight to Rome so we wanted to be unique and different and and have something that our local community can be proud of well, I can tell you, and it, it is an oft-stated and strongly held opinion of this podcast that uh, a unique nickname is the way to go for any minor league baseball community. So the, we, uh, I was celebrating here when that happened, and not just because I'm a Phillies fan, but uh, you know, I any unique minor league baseball identity to me is is going to be special. I have I own Gwinnett Stripers gear 
I do not own any Rome Braves stuff. I will, I will, I promise you, own some Rome Emperor stuff at, at some point here. And that's I, the thing about it too, Paul, is that if if you're a Braves fan, you're just going to go to Atlanta or, or you're going to go to your local store and buy a Braves shirt and wear it to our game. And I, and fans are going to do that. That's great. You know, our our team is the the Braves on the field. We're the proud Braves affiliate, Atlanta Braves affiliate. Uh, we just wanted something unique here to to Rome. This suite of logos that that you unveiled obviously is highlighted by this penguin character. Is there a name? Does the penguin character have a name yet? Not yet. We we have uh, in the works right now. We're working on the mascots, um, you know, the costume, and all of you know what his name is going to be, and that will be coming out very soon. I think uh, the costume will be here before the season starts. I, I I know that for sure, and we'll roll that out pretty soon. But I think okay. fans will be happy with with his name. I have I have no doubt. For a for a logo that's based on a penguin, it is as you said, classy, right? Like it's got the it's got the Roman columns and it's got this sort of refined type. Even the the penguin himself is is standing there with his his red sash there. Yeah. The brand is not the treatment of this brand is not wacky. And this is something I think that's that's consistent with Dan Simon's work, that it's a it's a, a sort of fun, wacky concept but it was treated in a more serious way. I assume that that was something, a, a direction that the team made consciously. That was a choice that it, the team made consciously. It is, but it's also a testament to Dan Simon. He, you know, not saying that he does better work than any other company out there or all the other companies out there. Um, but he is the more classier designer, I guess you could say, of logos. Um, I know he's done some some quirky, you know, out you know, out there, unique, um, but I think he tends to stay to that classic side. Um, you know, we also know that, you know, you're right. The, the penguin is, you know, a, a fun aspect of it, but he is graceful. He's confident. And he, you know, like I said earlier, he's very regal. Um, I, I just love his smirk that he has ready to, <laughs> to get out there on the field and dominate. And there's there's two versions of this character here. One where he's he's got the the bat on his shoulder and he looks like he's uh, you know Babe Ruth getting ready to step up to the plate. But then the other one, which the team describes as the pontificating penguin, is one where the only reference to baseball is at the look the, the clasp that's holding on his sash. There, he looks like my dad, uh, who is a philosophy professor, holding class there. Uh, so it's uh, maybe I'll have to get my dad that shirt there. The pontificating penguin. What was the thinking in in sort of those two stances, those two identities for that uh, that penguin? Yeah, so I think the the first one, the home logo with with the bat on his shoulder, was you know, tipping his hat to to baseball, and then the second one, which is our away logo with him pontificating, um, is the throwback to to Roman days and Roman emperors pontificating as they they spoke to the the community. Dan always likes to talk to me after I have done the interview with the team. And so that'll be the case in, in this episode as well. But I, I can't wait to talk to Dan about some of these choices that he made with the uh, the pontificating penguin and the the wing yeah. in the in the air and the, the feet yeah. sort of splayed. And, <laughs> and, and see, you know, as you said, the Roman numerals are 2003. We didn't want to throw away the history. We've been here for this will be our 21st season. So we're not throwing anything away. Yeah. Of, of what we've done in the past. And so, we, you know, we weren't established in 2024 or 2023. We've been here since 2003, and that's, we wanted to pay tribute to our history. 
Well, that makes sense. And, and, you know, I see that the, uh, the uniform set, which is a classic looking uniform set, right? Like you've got the, the home whites and the road grays, and then you've got an alternate, uh, black Jersey with the, uh, the black hat and the white front panel, uh, with the R that is meant to evoke the Roman columns, uh, is, is pretty cool. Yeah. We've never had a standalone R before. And so this was our first standalone R. I, I love the classiness of all white on at home and, you know, on the road, we, we show our, our team colors and, and our name across the chest or our home name across the chest. The alternate has been the, the, the fan favorite with that big gigantic penguin on the front. You anticipated my question, which was going to be which, which logo is the most popular. So you say that the alternate Jersey, the black Jersey is the most popular item. Is the, is there a preference of the, uh, the, the bat, the bat on shoulder penguin versus the pontificating penguin? Yeah, it's um, the black hat sold out immediately. Mm. So fans love the home hat. The red one sold out very shortly thereafter, and and the R has since sold out after we we sold out of those hats. Um, we'll have a new order coming soon, and I'm sure. I mean, we had to triple that order that we had originally put in because the fans love it so much. We didn't anticipate it selling out as fast as it did. So, I would say that the penguin with you know with the bat on his shoulder is the most popular second would be that round logo that just says Rome emperors. I did appreciate on the team store that you actually labeled one of the items that the, the item that I'm most interested in, which is currently sold out. You labeled it the Rome emperors, black home dad cap. And uh, my friend Ed Rivera, host of the dad hat chronicles uh, will appreciate that naming convention very much there. But uh, I did have one last question for you that I was, I was curious about. The fact that this this team you you unveiled the logo and it was widely beloved and and uh, really well received and I'm sure you were selling merchandise left and right and then pretty quickly after the unveiling of the the primary brand or the 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 you know the main brand for this team the uh, the Marvel brand was was unveiled. I'm curious as to the the thinking of unveiling that Marvel brand when to me it felt like you were still sort of riding the wave of the initial, you know, reaction to the the rebrand the overall rebrand. Yeah, we were the only team to rebrand on the Marvel side. And so all 119 teams already had theirs out there, so we wanted to get ours out there as soon as possible. Um, you know, with so much merchandise coming in with all the different logos, we didn't want to hold anything back. Uh mm -hmm. The Marvel logo has been very popular as well. Um, obviously, wanted to see what our fans' reaction was on on you know a superhero penguin, mm -hmm. as I guess you could say. Well, and the Marvel logo is, you know, some of the Marvel logos are a pretty big departure from the the team's brand, but this Marvel logo is a uh, is, is not that far off from the Emperor Penguin character that you already had unveiled. So he's a sort of stronger, as you say, superhero looking version with a, a muscular wing getting, and he's wearing a, a, a glove and throwing a ball here. So pretty close and part of the larger identity. Um, I didn't realize that all 120 teams had their Marvel identity already out. So but that, maybe not all 120 teams, but okay. all the teams that are participating in Marvel have theirs out. They rolled them all out last year. Okay. Um, and, and we were the only one that was, that was a brand new Marvel logo. We had a, a Marvel logo last year, but we, obviously needed a new one. Well, David, this has been so much fun. I really appreciate you hopping on. I don't often cover 
brand new brands uh, on the podcast. I normally talk about more well-established brands. So this is a little bit of a departure for me, but it was just such a fun brand and such a, a good story this past off season that I really wanted to cover it. So I appreciate you taking the time in this new year to come talk about this brand. Where can people find you? Where can people find the Rome Emperors online? Yeah, so um, goemperors.com is our main website and they can find us in Rome, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> David, thank you so much. This has been fun and I look forward to talking to you again on the podcast. Thanks a lot. Appreciate your time, Paul. All right, everyone, welcome back. I'm so pleased to be joined once again by my good friend and designer extraordinaire, Dan Simon of Studio Simon in Louisville, Kentucky. Dan, how are you doing? I am fantastic, Paul. Thank you for asking. And how are things there in the Sunday Helmet Hall of Fame? It is windy here in Colorado. It is a windy, cold day in Colorado. But my heart is warmed by the prospect of talking to you about this amazing new identity that has been so well received out there in the world. This Rome Emperor's brand that you created just took the minor league baseball world by storm. This is this one I am so looking forward to. I'm always happy to, to speak to you, Dan, on the podcast, but I'm particularly excited to talk to you about this brand because this one, this one just landed in the minor league baseball world to to such acclaim. And it's so much fun to see that happen in, in this minor league baseball world. So first of all, I'll just say, I'll just say, I know we've sort of said this before on on the podcast, but congratulations. I mean, I must feel good as a designer to have that happen. It sure does. Uh, you know, some of these minor league baseball identities when they're unveiled, um, they can be polarizing. Uh, see, polarizing, see what, what I did there? Um, like, no, what did you do? Polar bears, oh, polar bears eat penguins? Well, penguins live down at in Antarctica and elsewhere, but polar surroundings, see? Like, I saw fairy penguins in Australia. I'm sorry, what kind? Fairy. They're the smallest species of penguin. And they spend the day in the water. And then they, at the end of the day, at dusk, they come in out of the water and they scamper across the sand and they uh, dive into their little burrows and they spend the night in their burrows. And then at uh, sun up, they go back into the water and spend the whole day in the water. This was a, a phenomenon. I got to see on Phillips Island in Australia of the the fairy penguins coming in to uh, to to bunk up for the night. That's a good segue into, or getting back to what you talked about, like the the, the positive reception this identity mm -hmm. has received. Uh, I'd like to think that here at Studio Simon, a good job was done on creating the artwork and that had something to do with it. But I think more importantly is the fact that, you know, you're describing seeing these fairy penguins and I'm sure that was like a really fun thing for you to see. I, I, my my sister was just recently telling me about um, a visit she had to Newport, Kentucky, which is just across the river from Cincinnati. And they've got a great aquarium there. And my sister was speaking, remembering quite fondly, seeing the penguins there that were in the penguin exhibit at the Newport Aquarium. And Recently, my son Casey was in in town. He lives in Washington D.C. He was in town 
over Thanksgiving. And we went to the Louisville Zoo where they also have a penguin exhibit. And that was that was like one of our favorite parts of the trip. Nobody ever sees penguins and is not delighted by them. <laughs> so what you're I mean, what you're talking about here, obviously, is penguins are are really endearing as animals, right? Like they've got their little tuxedos and they've got these funny little expressions and they they waddle around. Obviously not menacing as a sports mascot, but the juxtaposition of this endearing little animal with this iconography of ancient Rome, that that juxtaposition right there, I think, is the thing that really makes this. And I know that you always try to give credit to the penguin for the success of this this identity. But I think that the design work that you did to 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 integrate these elements of this endearing kind of goofy animal with this very sophisticated branding that's associated with ancient Rome. It's a little bit like people look at it for a second and they're not quite sure what they're looking at for just a second, like a penguin in ancient Rome, and then they get it, emperor penguins, right? Like, so I think that that, that aha moment that everyone gets to experience when they look at this, this logo, I think is really part of its success. So from a design standpoint, from your perspective, this silly animal, this sophisticated iconography of ancient Rome, how did you integrate those two things in a way that made them seem like they actually belonged together? Well, it was a matter of how do you take, how do you leave in enough that this is obviously a penguin and then bring enough to this penguin that makes him an emperor? And so you look at how emperors are popularly depicted and and you bring that to this penguin so you you dress your penguin up like a roman like we'd expect to see a roman emperor dressed and uh voila to borrow from another country's uh <laughs> lingo. when i covered this uh, unveiling for sportslogos.net and you and i chatted about it you compared the the sort of silly aspect of the penguin uh, integrating with the sophisticated aspect of the Roman iconography to uh, Abbott and Costello, like sort of a, they're sort of the straight guy and the and the funny guy. And uh, uh, I thought that comparison was very apt. Well, thank you. It's and I'll, uh, hearing you describe it and why it's successful. Um, I, I hadn't thought about this before, but it, it occurred to me that it's that dichotomy those two different things it's kind of delightfully unexpected mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but even though unexpected it's appropriate you mentioned like that aha moment you look at it and you go okay i get it which when you don't get it at first is what makes it great like i looked at it and i th and and I, I will say the first i saw this brand i did have that moment of probably like five to ten seconds but it felt like an eternity of like, Dan, what have you done? Why is there a penguin in a toga? And then I realized emperor penguin. And I thought it's it's brilliant. The other one of the other things that's unexpected is you don't deal a lot in Easter eggs. And so there are a lot of details to this, uh, this brand that I think are are fun and border on Easter eggs. Some of the first details, we obviously, we've already talked about the Roman numerals for the MMIII, uh, which is 2003 which is when this franchise was founded. He's got a little baseball, which is holding the sash in place. And then, the, you know, the the you've got these sort of uh, Roman columns uh, that are incorporated into the the typography or to the, 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 the larger sort of primary mark. And then the R, the standalone R that is based on a 
uh, a Roman column. All of this, you know, all of this adds up to ancient Rome. Like you look at it and you see ancient Rome right away. Are there details, except for the one Easter egg, which we'll talk about in a minute, and I think you know what I'm talking about. Are there details that I'm leaving out? Are there things, are there considerations that you brought to this project that, uh, you know, that that might be unexpected for for people who, you know, are not in this industry? Well, except for the one that, yes, I do know which one you're referring to that I'm, you will be bringing up. Uh, you've, you've hit on all of them. Uh, the, there's one thing that I will mention that's not, it, it, it does not fall into the category of an Easter egg, but when, whenever I am creating a character for a minor league baseball identity, one of the big questions is, okay, what is that character doing? How is that character posed? Now, because we're doing, these are for baseball teams. Now I've done identities for teams in virtually every other sport as well, but uh, I, certainly the great majority of the identities I do are in the minor league baseball arena. Um, and because of that, they're oftentimes holding a baseball bat. And in both the primary logo and one of the cap logos, the penguin has a bat on his shoulder, which is something I've done myriad times before and will do myriad times again. <clears throat> but I also wanted to do another pose that was an, that in and of itself said emperor. And so I'm thinking to myself, well, what, what would that pose be? What, how would you depict a Roman emperor? And having never seen or heard uh, an actual Roman emperor in person, I can only picture how they have been depicted in, in things like movies. And they're, they're, they normally have you know, grandiose gestures and as they're talking to their subjects. And as I'm, again, we talk about this being an, uh, an audio medium, I'm, I'm just gesturing right now, like I would imagine a Roman gesture, a Roman emperor would have gestured and kind of holding like one hand on his chest while the other hand is up in the air in a very hoity uh, fashion. And I was thinking, well, I imagine that's how a Roman emperor would would be visually. And so there's that that pose that I did, and I, I'm actually I was actually quite delighted by how that came out because it it just tickled me. <laughs> well, and there are two things about this pose, and it is delightful. But there are two things about this pose that you that you didn't specifically say, but that you enacted while you were uh, you know gesturing there. Uh, one. He's leaning back slightly, as you would expect someone who is pontificating to be doing. And it's a very self-confident pose. But the other thing that exudes self-confidence here in this in this penguin is the the expression on his face. It's a it's a certain smugness. I think that the look in his eye could best be described as side eye. Uh, you know, he's sort of he's sort of he's his his head is up, but he's looking sort of back at at, at the viewer here. How much time do you spend perfecting, you know, what uh, what looks like? I mean, it's, you know, illustratively very simple, but I'm sure it takes a ton of work to perfect that expression to get this sort of smug, confident side eye that this penguin has. Well, 
it, it you use the word smug i had not thought of that word as describing this look but it it's exactly that you know this guy is a he's an emperor he's a dictator you know he's uh he's he's not a man of the people and they, they were people that considered themselves better than everyone so he's got this look like hey i'm the guy you know <laughs> so and as as far as um you know how much time goes into that i have to admit i have you know i've done not just dozens i've done easily over 100 different characters in the minor league baseball brand identities i've created if not hundreds of characters and i've used that what you described as kind of a side eye look before um i try not to go back to the well too often but there's only certain number of ways you you can make something look. So I've used it before, and it's just a good look because it's it's I the characters I do tend not to be angry or mean or overly tough, but I do like them to have a a bit of an attitude, and that that kind of look that's that sideways glance of you know, kind of looking back at you, um, it, it just, it, it works nicely and it, and it resonates for whatever reason, it tends to resonate with people and work for a lot of the, the characters that I've developed. I'm curious. One of the things we haven't talked a ton about previously are the, the colors in this brand, right? Like it's a very strong, bright red, you know, black, white, and red always work really well together in a logo. And then you have this, you know, very much gold or, or or bronze color how much of the the color palette was predetermined by well first the fact that it's a penguin uh, but also the the team itself and maybe the braves affiliation and and how much was uh what you brought to the to the table well when dealing with general manager david lane of the what were the rome braves and now the rome emperors uh, that's one of the things we talked about in one of our earliest conversations, at least about the details, once once the name had been established. And one of the things that he said is, okay, we're moving away from the Braves, but we do, we like our colors, navy blue and red, and the Braves even has some yellow in it. And uh, he said, you know, ideally, even though we're moving away and we're going to be named, have our own unique name, um, if we can use, if we can continue with the Braves colors, that would be great. So when it was established that we were going to do an Emperor Penguin as the visual focal point of this brand identity, um, of course, the first color that comes to your mind is black, you know, black and white, like all penguins are. Some have some other colors in them, but every penguin it, of all these, all the different species of penguins, they're black and white. And I have done brand identities, especially this happens with collegiate athletic programs where their colors are predetermined and you've got to use those. And, and regardless of what the animal or person or whatever else is depicted in that team identity, or that athletic program identity, you have to use a color you wouldn't otherwise have used. So 
when David Lane said it would be great if we can maintain the uh, Atlanta Braves colors, I was thinking, well, navy blue will work just as well as black for this. And as soon as I, I originally rendered it in, in black and white, and as soon as I put in navy blue in place of the black, it didn't work. Mm. It, you could tell it was a penguin, but it just didn't look right. It, it, it was weird. I fully expected navy blue to be just as good as the black, and it just didn't look right. And I mentioned that, to, I, I showed it to David. I said, here's how it looks in navy blue. Here's how it looks in black. He agreed. And so that's why it's black instead of navy blue. The red, which is one of the Atlanta Braves' principal colors in, in their identity, worked perfectly for that sash element. And then I mentioned that the Atlanta Braves also have yellow, a little bit of yellow in their artwork. And so that gold color, which I wanted for the, the laurel leaf thing on his head, as well as that um, the baseball clasp or whatever it is up on the on his shoulder holding that that sash. I want didn't want it to be, we wanted it to be gold. And so we used, you mentioned it's a bronze, gold, bronze kind of color. It's somewhere in there. We wanted it to be more metallic without actually using a metallic ink, which you can do with Pantone colors. There are metallic inks. We just wanted it to look metallic. So it still feels with, with the black, the red, and that goldish color it still feels appropriate for a an Atlanta Braves affiliate. I think that's totally fair. And I think if you ever saw James Bond show up in a navy blue tux, it would look really out of place. So let's uh, I, I think the decision of black over over dark blue was uh, was a really, really good one. Dan, there's one last detail that I want to ask you about. We've alluded to it. As we said, you don't deal a lot in Easter eggs. I think the term Easter eggs a little bit goofy anyway. I think we've talked about that in the past. But there is one detail that has a certain significance that I have not seen talked about anywhere else except for uh, when you and I spoke about this for the sportslogos.net article. We've talked about the stripe on the uniform. But there's a detail that I think once you see it, you can't unsee it. So I will, since it is your Easter egg, I'll let you uh, say what it is. Well, in doing my research for visual elements and patterns and things like that, one of the things that I noticed, you would see it in mosaics. You would see it in on on vases. You would you would see that this this rule or pattern that was made with basically with right angles, whatever the right angle version is of, of a concentric circle. And I knew I wanted to bring that pattern in as, in, as a rule. A pattern suggests something over a great area. A rule is something that's more linear. Okay. So a linear rule, I guess, is what I'm trying to describe. And as I was drawing up this rule, I realized I could make it a, a capital letter G and a lower letter A. They, they mirror each other if done in right angles. So I created the rule which looks just like one of these patterns or rules from Roman art. And it had GA for Georgia in it. And 
that was, you're right. I don't normally do Easter eggs on purpose. Sometimes they happen by accident. Um, I've, I've actually, I've had, I did one project where the client specifically asked for an Easter egg to be added in after it was already done. And I found it kind of corny I made it work, but it's like, was it the Cedar uh, Rapids kernels? No. What was, is there an Easter egg somewhere? No, you just, you said it was corny. Oh, good one. (laughs) (laughs) Dan, this is Uh, a, a great logo and it has been so well received and I'm so glad to see it out there and see it so widely beloved. Thank you for coming on and talking about it. Guess what? You're going to be back later on in this episode with your uh, studio, Simon Snumber. But in the meantime, thanks so much for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge and your process. This has been a ton of fun for me to talk about. Um, Well, thank you for having me on to talk about it. Go ahead and cue the baseball by design um, music or jingle. And uh, I'll be back after the music. All right, everyone, welcome back. I'm very pleased to welcome back to the podcast, Ranger Amy Burnett, Baseball by Design's wildlife correspondent. Ranger Amy, hello. Hello. We are here talking about emperor penguins because this Rome emperor's brand, as has been well established on this episode already, is based on both the Roman Empire and emperor penguins. Let's talk about those. What makes an emperor penguin different from other penguins? So... There are 18 different species of penguins in the world, and the emperor is the largest penguin of all. That's funny. We were just talking about the littlest of the penguin species. The little penguin. The little penguin, or the fairy penguin, as I knew it, in Australia. They're in Australia and New Zealand. They're the size of your hand. Let's not talk about little penguins. Let's talk about big penguins. The emperor penguin. What makes the emperor penguin special? The emperor penguin is special because it's so large. Um, It's grows to about four feet high that's pretty pretty big but one thing i found that was really fascinating is it's uh even though it's the biggest penguin now they found fossils in antarctica of the biggest penguin called the mega penguin holy smokes you want to know how big that one i totally want to know how big a mega penguin is and i want to know how come there has not been a mega penguin alternate identity yet um, I think there should be. I thought okay. you were going to ask if they, how come they haven't recreated it? And I was like, well, that's some Jurassic Park stuff. Just because you can doesn't that's mean you should. Good. Yeah. So that one was six and a half feet high. Holy smokes. So it would tower over us. Can you imagine? Well, maybe you, but I'm quite tall. So <laughs> that's incredible. A six and a half foot penguin. I want to hug that guy. I know, right? Well, I think yeah. he would probably peck your head, you know, peck you. And to death. And it lived, uh, thank goodness, it lived 37 million years ago. So uh, none of us ever saw it. But I thought that was pretty cool. Mega penguin. The mega penguins. I want mm-hmm. I want a mega penguin's alternate identity. They would be even emperor than the emperors. They would be. They would be the mega emperors. Anyway, so emperor penguins are really cool. Do you, um, you were going to ask me why they're called emperor penguins. I, eventually I was going to. I hadn't yet, but sure, go ahead. The reason they're called emperor penguins is because, of course, they are the larger of the two great penguins. So they are characterized as one of the two species that are great penguins, that being the king penguin and the emperor penguin. So what do like what do we know about these penguins? Like, how do they live? What do they eat? Well, we know that they don't fly, right? Yeah. They're the group of birds that have wings that are modified into flippers which is pretty cool so the emperor penguins latin name is 
Aptenodites. Okay. Aptenodites. Okay. Sorry, everybody listening that you had you had to hear me struggle. All the native Latin speakers are really mad right now. I know, right? But it means diver without wings. So that's something cool about the name of the of the emperor penguin, and uh, they're found in Antarctica and the subarctic islands. They're shaped like a torpedo, which reduces water resistance. I can see you're 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 trying to think about how this how this compares to a baseball player already. I can yeah, see it. I can yeah, see it. Trying to find an application here. There is 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 none for this particular thing, unless right. unless baseball players play in water. Unless it was like water baseball, like water polo. Water there was baseball. that scene in Bull Durham where Crash Davis guarantees a rainout. You want a rainout? I can get you a rainout. But they don't play during a rainout, so that doesn't help. But they go tarp sliding. That's when they would be good. Tarp sliding. They'd be great for tarp slides. Oh yeah. They would be. I would. I would pay money to see a show of just penguins tarp sliding. Wouldn't it be amazing? You've yeah. seen them do that, of course. I mean, everyone can picture in their mind. A, a penguin that just is like it's waddling along and it's really awkward on land and all of a sudden it's just like oh f this it tucks its arm like a downhill skier arms like a downhill skier and it just goes on its belly and goes whoosh like a, a toboggan's down and then goes into the water that way okay so they're really good at that um all right but they're really slow on land the phillies played a game in the world series in 2008 game five of the world series in 2008 was interrupted by a downpour and long story short, Major League Baseball let it go until the Rays came back and tied up the game. And they were playing just in puddles. They were just out there playing in freezing cold puddles, basically. But they didn't want the World Series to end on a rain-shortened game, which I get, right? But they played until the Rays tied up the game. And then they... Then they called it? And then, they, they well, they postponed it for two days. Uh... And so I'm thinking a penguin would be right at home in this cold, cold Philadelphia weather... In Game yes. Five of the World Series in 2008, sliding around the field, sliding around, would have looked like Carl Crawford stealing second base. They would have done amazingly. Yeah. So they actually have adaptations for the cold, as you can probably imagine, but you might not know what those adaptations are. So okay. here you go. So if you are a baseball playing penguin in the cold, you want some. You want to be adapted, right? Sure. So they have an extra layer of fat. Yeah. To you know, keep them warm. So okay. that would be good. That good reserve. Oh, incidentally, when female penguins are choosing a mate, they choose the pudgiest mate. So um, all of you listening out there, you have a little dad bod. Yeah, I just need to put a tuxedo on and go <laughs> hang out with penguins. I wasn't talking you. <laughs> but you would be chosen as the pudgiest because, of course, then you can go four months without eating and take care of the egg that is on your feet if you are an emperor penguin. Hmm. See, it's all about taking care of the young. Okay. And so the female chooses the uh, the guy that way. Okay. So if you're a baseball player and you are, let's back back to these adaptations for the cold. Yeah. You have a super, super adapted blood hemoglobin that can function at low oxygen levels, like when you're cold and at deep pressures because they dive super, super deep, okay. and they can reduce their metabolism in the cold and shut down non-essential organ functions. So like if they played for the Rockies in April, one of those like 30-degree home games that the Rockies have in April? They could shut down their um, their brain and, or maybe their stomach saying that they're hungry, keep their brain open, yeah. alive, and then um, and still function okay. in the cold. So that would be a, right. an adaptation that penguins would have. Okay. Now, as far as speed goes... Yeah. Um, Penguins on land are not fast. No. It's no. More of a power game. 
they're they're only about a mile and a half per hour okay. speed on land. However, once they get into water, they can they can swim between six and nine and a half miles an hour. Okay. Now, when it's not really cold, I mean, they they have kind of a complicated life cycle. Oh yeah. Yeah, like they they actually can they have excellent hearing. Okay. So if you are a baseball player, you need to have excellent hearing. You can um, distinguish very distinct calls to find your mate if you're a penguin. Okay. So if you had super, super good hearing and someone was whispering, throw a slider, then you could hear that, right? <laughs> I'm just Paul's laughing at me. No, that's pretty good. That's how that's how catchers do it. Is it? Yeah. Fastball. <laughs> you're just laughing because I know they don't actually do that. Um, but maybe they wouldn't need to wear the, you know, the little microphones there. I don't know. Um, they can go for a long time without food during the season where they're hatching chicks. What would be the season of baseball between January and March? Well, that's uh, pitchers and catchers report in February, and then you've got spring training in March. Okay. For a penguin, um, January, February, March are the feeding months where okay. the penguins just gorge themselves. Okay. Because they're going to go for a possible 110 days without food. Well, there's an application there. You know, they're sort of preparing for the uh, for the summer months. And getting pudgy. And getting pudgy. So that the women will choose them. Okay. So they're getting into prime penguin shape. Penguin January shape. to February. Yes. So, you know, that they're During there. that season, right before um, opening day, they need to eat as many as many hot dogs as they can or fish. Okay. But what else? What else is just interesting about these animals? Just let's go let's All go right. wildlife consultant mode here and just uh one interesting thing is that they are serially monogamous. Oh. Do you know what that means? Kind of. <laughs> I've heard of it. <laughs> so from season to season, they'll pick one mate, stay with them for that whole season. And maybe, maybe the next year as well. It just depends. That could speech. be maybe if we're not talking about romantic partners like uh, players that you know sign with uh, a oh, team for a season. And they then... stay for the whole. Oh, uh, uh, I, I uh, can uh, see that. All right, okay. uh, I should. Now I wish I had made that analogy. That's yeah. a good one. Okay, this is why you run this podcast and I'm just the consultant. Um, <laughs> and during that season, um, they are really dedicated to that partnership. All right, we've got time for one more cute thing. Okay, because oh, it's almost. It's almost February, right? At the time of this recording, it is almost February. And guess what holidays in February? Uh, it is President's Day. It's Valentine's Day. I know you knew. I know. You Bobby knew Valentine's that. Day. Bobby Valentine's Day. And so, you know, talking about romantic things that penguins do, they actually give gifts. So they'll give like a little smooth pebble or maybe a fish to their mate to show them that they appreciate them. Oh, and a good idea. Yeah, I think that penguins are the ultra romantics of the animal world because they are serial monogamists and they give gifts and they dance for joy when they see their partners after they've gone on that big long fishing trip. Well, there's nothing more romantic than monogamy and gifts. <laughs> Ranger Amy. Dancing for joy. Oh, dancing. Dancing, dancing monogamy joy. and gifts. I don't know. I So... I feel like penguins, uh, you know, are, are a great mascot for, for something here. I don't know if a baseball team is it. You know what? They're one of the cutest, most charismatic animals you can have. So I think when they were deciding to brand this team, I bet they thought everyone loves penguins. They're so freaking cute. Well, Dan Simon has said on multiple occasions that the penguin is the real star when we talk about how successful this brand has been. Ranger Amy, 
such a treat as always to have you on the podcast and uh, talk about animals. We'll see you next time we talk about an animal logo. Sounds great. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Dan Simon is back once again, this time with a Studio Simon Stumper. Dan, good to see you again for a second time here in this episode. Well, thank you for having me back to do the Stumper. So um, now maybe Ranger Amy has mentioned this already, but if not, I would like to point out that there are 18 species of penguins. You mentioned having seen one of those 18 fairy penguins. Mm -hmm. um, there are a number of other ones, including the one featured in this episode, the emperor penguin. There are yellow-eyed penguins. There are Galapagos penguins. And despite the fact that there are 18 species of penguins, you, you, you don't see a lot of penguins in sports branding. There is, of course, we all know the NHL's Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, there are several collegiate identities that are Penguins. The only Division I identity is the Youngstown State Penguins. Um, there are some other small colleges like the Clark College Penguins in Vancouver, Washington. But you really don't see it a lot in sports branding. Uh, which is also maybe one of the reasons why this Rome Emperor's identity was received in the manner that it was. It's because it was unusual. However, there was a penguin-themed identity in the minor league hockey arena. And our studio Simon Stumper today asks, which of these was a real minor league hockey team. Was it, Paul is uh, doing that thing where you kind of put your, intertwine your hands together and kind of crack your knuckles. To, I'm getting ready. I'm, I'm, I'm limbering up for the question. Okay. All of these names are, are actual species of penguins. These are not made up species, but two of them are made up names of teams. Okay. Following that? I am. So all three of these are names based on actual species of penguins, but only one of them ever was actually a real name of a minor league hockey team. You are correct, sir. Okay. Okay, so here we go. Was it A, the Kentucky chin straps? Was it B, the Jersey rock hoppers? Or was it C, the Michigan macaronis? Yes, there is a macaroni penguin. Uh, I'm trying to think of uh, of something that I could bring to this that would help me suss it out. Kentucky, and if we're talking about New Jersey, those two places feel less likely to have actual penguins than Michigan, but I don't think even Michigan is far enough north to have actual penguins. Unless it's not New Jersey, maybe it's a different Jersey that we're talking about. So... All right, I'm going to say not the Kentucky chin straps, although that would be a great name. If there, So there's actually a species of penguin called the chin strap penguin, or, or that's based on something? There is, called the chin strap penguin because they've got 
a thin line underneath their what would be their jaw and like yeah. by their neck that is thin light and it looks like a chin strap. That would be a great name for a hockey team. I was about to eliminate them because Kentucky didn't seem like a place that would have penguins. I don't think any of these places have actual penguins though. So I'm going to, I'm going to eliminate that as a reason for why they would be called that chin strap for a hockey team because they wear those helmets is pretty great. The rock hoppers. That's a fun one. That was the one that jumped out at me as like, Jersey Rockhoppers definitely seems like a like just Rockhoppers as a as a mascot for a team sounds really good. <laughs> and then it was it was Michigan Macaroni. Is that the last one? Michigan Macaronis plural. Michigan Michigan Macaronis. That's really fun too. I love Dan. I love all of these. I want all of them to be real. The direct connection that I can make of the chin strap to a hockey helmet is the is the only like faintest bit of of sussing that I can bring to this. So I'm going to go Kentucky chin straps is the real one. First, I want to say with regard to what little sussing you were able to do here, that you said that you don't believe any of these places have penguins. In fact, unless I, I, the, the qualifier there was if we were not talking about New Jersey, if there's some Jersey out there, that is not New Jersey, that is a far enough north place to have, or south, I guess, to have penguins, then maybe that would have been the answer. But because the Jersey Rockhoppers was the one that I thought was the most fun until I thought about the chin straps. So anyway, so I'm sorry, please continue. Well, but why did why did you think that none of these places have penguins? I didn't think Michigan was far. I thought you had to be farther north to have penguins than Michigan. I thought you had to be closer to the poles to have penguins than, than any of these places. Well... Remember, this was only a few minutes ago when we were talking about the development of the Rome Emperor's identity. And I mentioned my sister fondly remembering our trip to the Newport Aquarium and seeing the penguins there. Yes. Okay, so all three of these states have penguins. but In they're aquariums or, or in the wild? zoos and aquariums oh well that's what i i'm talking about them being endemic to these places well they're not endemic to any place in the united states well that's what i'm saying so that's why i eliminated that as a as a reason for the sussing okay well but i chose all three of these well one of these is the correct answer so i didn't choose that one but the other two i chose specifically because they've got zoos with those types of penguins i see oh so, Oh, so let's go down the list. All right, let's do it. The Kentucky chin straps. Yeah. It, at the Newport Aquarium in Newport, Kentucky, across the river from Cincinnati, they have a wonderful penguin exhibit with chin strap penguins. But there was never a team there called the Kentucky chin straps. There have been hockey teams in Kentucky right here in Louisville as a matter of fact one was the Panthers it was a pan um, uh, a Florida Panthers affiliate and the other one were the River Frogs um they neither of them were around for long uh let's let's drop down to choice C the Michigan Macaronis at the Detroit Zoo they've got a penguin exhibit where they have macaroni penguins but they never had a team there the correct answer are the Jersey Rockhoppers. 
It, but here is what is interesting about that one. First of all, the Jersey Rockhoppers only played one season. It was the 2008-2009 season in the one season only four-team Eastern Professional Hockey League. Um, and the Rockhoppers won the league's only championship. They played at the South Mountain Skating Arena in West Orange, New Jersey, which happens to be right around the corner from where my sister, who's now been mentioned three times in this podcast. <laughs> I hope she's she listening. Lived. Yep. Well, she's going to have to listen to this one because she's on. <laughs> it's now the third time she's been mentioned on this podcast. Um, she, The South Mountain Skating Arena is located just around the corner from where she lives in West Orange, New Jersey. But it is also the this the South Mountain Skating Arena is immediately adjacent to the Turtleback Zoo in West Orange, New Jersey, a small but pretty nice zoo there. And they do have a penguin exhibit and they did have penguins when this team existed. They still have penguins, but the penguins that I can determine in my all of my research, the only penguins they've had there are African penguins, not rockhoppers. Mm. So they were named the Jersey rockhoppers, but that's not even the penguins that were literally right there adjacent to the, the their arena. But here's the great thing about it. The African penguins that are there at the Turtleback Zoo, they're African penguins. They are also known as jackass penguins. <laughs> the Jersey jackasses. Yes. Would have been perfect. <laughs> there you go. They could have been the Jersey jackasses. Uh, well, Dan's sister, please rate, review, subscribe. It helps our uh, <laughs> our numbers in Apple podcasts. You just learn so many things on this podcast, courtesy of Dan Simon, not just designer extraordinaire, but trivia master extraordinaire as well. Dan, thank you so much. We'll see you next week. You're welcome. This was a fun one. Uh, looking forward to next week. See ya. Go follow Dan on Instagram at studio underscore Simon. <laughs>